Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week on Pitmaster, we switch it up a little. This is the first interview in our team series. Kim, the little general, and Leanne interview teammates from some of the best Pitmasters in the world. This week, they go deep inside smoking hogs with Sean Gillespie. This is a fantastic interview that I think will really make you laugh and I think you'll enjoy. So please join me in welcoming Kim, Leanne, and Sean. Hi there, everyone. I know you're probably thinking, hmm, did Pitmaster Luke suck on a helium balloon before hitting the record button? Well, afraid not. Sorry. This is Luke's better half, Kim, also known as Little G, Little General. And I'm here with Leanne, Terry, and we're hosting a very special edition of Pitmaster Podcast. Hey, Leanne, how's it going? Doing great, Kim. I'm really excited about doing this. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. This is really going to be fun. Something new. So Luke has had some really good conversations with pitmasters from across the country, but competition barbecue isn't just about pitmasters as we know. Well, don't let him hear you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. Right. He's going to be upset with that because that's that's his little ditty. But we wanted to talk with some of the teammates of really successful barbecue competition pitmasters. And we really wanted to kind of pull back that curtain on how they contribute to what their team is doing and the effort that they're making. And no matter what you see on the television, reality, cooking shows, social media, competition barbecue is rarely a solo endeavor. There's a lot of work that happens behind the closed trailer doors. So today on our very first edition of the Pitmaster podcast, we have Sean Gillespie from Smoking Hogs, Massachusetts. Sean and her husband, Bill Gillespie, are 2011 Jack Daniels World Champions and 2014 American Royal Invitational Champions. They've won a lot of competitions. I spent some time on their webpage and there's just a lot of numbers there. Um, They've got their own line of rubs and sauces for sale. And Bill is just getting ready to release what I think is his fourth cookbook this May, which is entitled Hot and Fast Barbecue on Your Weber Smoky Mountain. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Yes, we're very excited to have you too. We were having a little chit chat before we started here and we were just saying, yay, Sean is popping our, you know, our podcast cherry right now. So <laughs> No one ever asked to talk to me, so this is a great. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? When we were thinking about who we wanted to have on here, we were like, you know what? Sean is, is really a, a natural choice for us to get, get started here with, you know, this teammate edition of, you know, Pitmaster podcast. So let's go ahead and just dive right in. So how did you personally get involved with competition barbecue? How did that work? Uh, it basically through Bill. Um, we were, well, he was on another team at the time when he first started, um, when we were just dating at the time. And he was going, you know, I think it was maybe like five or six contests over the summer. And he was away on the weekends and I was home. And I knew he was going to, he was getting addicted to it at the time. And I figured he was going to start doing more. And I figured if I did not figure out what this was all about and going with him, I wasn't going to see him at all. So um, he kind of took me to a first contest, which was in Maine. And I had a blast. 
I wasn't doing anything. I didn't like cook. I didn't like when they were like cooking and competing, I was, you know, drinking and sitting around or whatever like that and just meeting people. And it kind of just got me hooked. I had a really, really good time. So I just started going with him on weekends and then it eventually just kept steamrolling into bigger and better things. When did Bill and you form your own team? When did it happen? And which happened first, by the way, you getting married? We formed the team first and then we got married. (laughs) (laughs) So when did that happen approximately? Um, I feel so much better at Gates than I am, but I believe it was in 2006 is when he formed Smoking Hogs. Um, And then we got married in 2012. I think that's right. Yeah, I'm really terrible at this, but it's definitely got married in 2012. I know that one. <laughs> so you guys were doing this uh, as part of your dating life for yes. for six or seven years b- before that. So you you said that first competition, you were, uh, you know, just drinking, meeting people, having mm-hmm. a good time. Can you talk a little bit about when responsibilities started to show up on your uh, to do list, so to speak, as these weekends evolved? Um, I think I, I, at the time when it started to evolve, I did more of getting him organized. Um, at the time we didn't have a trailer, you know, he packed everything into a truck. So I made sure he had everything. I made sure, you know, that, you know, we had to do the shopping, what he needed to do, where he needed to be. It eventually kind of just kind of grew because you get kind of bored, you know, and I wanted to do a little more. So I asked him, you know, could I start doing stuff? And that's when we got into, um, grilling for Nebs. He did not want to do NAMS. He just wanted to concentrate on the barbecue side of it competition. So I kind of slowly got into that a little bit. So I would do those four categories with him, but I was like the main person on it. And then over time, it just kind of, we stopped doing NAMS and I slowly took over doing the barbecue with him. So started can you Can you give a little bit more about what the grilling for NEBS is? I know a lot about KCBS, but yep. I, I'm not a NEBS member and I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Yeah, so um, NEBS is the, um, I think now it's the Northeast Barbecue Society, but they do a four category. It's I wouldn't say it's grilling, but um, most people consider it that. I mean, it's usually done, up here we compete Saturday into Sunday. So grilling was always on the Saturday during the day. So they would do four categories. It was whatever they chose. So like you could do, they would maybe have like a chicken wing category, a shrimp category, um, sausage category, and dessert or something like that. But each contest was different on their categories. And then you just kind of, you did, most of it was done grilling. You could smoke it, whatever you wanted to do. But most of the time they just call it grilling. So that's basically what it was. And then also, you know, NEBS is a little bit different. And with, and with the Northeast contest, that a lot of your contests are not Friday, Saturday. They're usually Saturday, Sunday. Yes. When you said the, the competition for NEBS usually happens on a Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So you had kind of talked about how your responsibilities had increased. So do you have a title that you give yourself or that Bill gives you? No, I have no title. I'm just Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and when you talk about Sean, we'll have to get into the shenanigans here a little bit yeah. later on in, in, in our broadcast here. So. So you talked a little bit about how you first got started as a team and you really liked, you know, you sat around and you enjoyed people's company and you sat around and drank, but then you had more responsibilities. So now that you have been a a team and an established and a successful team for so long, what now keeps you coming back week after week? 
the number one thing is the friends that are there. I have, we have a set group of maybe like six other couples that compete every, basically the same amount of contests that we do. And that's my only chance to see them. So I enjoy like seeing them and just other people that, you know, you don't normally see all the time. So it's, it's the friendships and like that relationship that keeps me coming back. But once you start winning and you get that thrill of it, it just keeps bringing you back and you just want more and more of it. And I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I say to Bill that he created a monster because I'm always like, he'd be like, oh, we're just going to do this or whatever. Or, you know, we have this weekend free. And I'm like, well, what can we pick up? I'm like, there's got to be something because I don't want to stay home. I'd rather go out and barbecue. So it's just, it's, yeah, he created a monster, basically. Sometimes I think I'm worse than him. So do you think you're like the driving force on those free weekends because you love it so much? Uh, Um, Does does Bill make those types of suggestions? Like, oh, we've got a free weekend. Let's go pick up a comp. Or is he like, I'd rather sit by the pool. I have to be, I have to kind of be really, how do I say this? Cognizant of what we're doing, because there'll be a lot of times that we do like 30 contests a year. And I know he needs a break in between there. But for me, I don't do as much as he does. He does, takes care of all the driving. He like, you know, he has to do, get all the meat and stuff like that. Like he does like the big portion of it. So I have to be very careful on what I know every once in a while, I need to make sure he has that break in between so he doesn't get burnt out. But it's usually me because I hate being around the house. Like I would rather go out in the summer and go do something than rather than sit at home. But I know sometimes he would rather just take a weekend and just be at home and sit by the pool. But he initiates like right now, he he already knows what he wants to do for the rest of the, su- rest of the season. So in January, he starts thinking of what he wants and he has a schedule all set. And then I'll just pop in you know, oh, I saw this one up here. Why can't we do this one? And then he usually has a good reason of why we can't do it. Either it's too far of a drive or, you know, we have something else going on. But when we do have an off weekend, I try not to stay at home. And that's just because I think I work from home. So for me, I just like to get out of the house and go do stuff. Whereas sometimes he works out of the office and stuff. He'd rather, you know, stay at home. And have you always worked from home or is this just a function of the pandemic? I always work from home. So it's been almost eight years now that I work from home. It's a great thing for travel wise, because I can basically work anywhere and leave anytime he needs to leave. So I work in the car a lot. I'll work on site if I have to. Right. Which is helpful because living in, in the Northeast, there's not as many KCBS contests like there used to be. So if for you all to compete and maybe do those 30 contests a year, you definitely need to have a lot of travel and travel time. Yeah. I mean, a typical contest for us lately has been at least, a, you know, a five to six hour drive somewhere. I mean, we haven't had a contest. I mean, there's some local ones, but it's still an hour away, like to the closest one that we have, you know, where other people who compete like in the Midwest or something, they can have like three contests in one weekend that are 20 minutes to an hour away from them. But for me, it, it's sometimes it's a 10 hour drive for me just to get to one contest. That working from home and working on the road helps me a lot. So, You were talking about how you have to have that delicate balance of making sure that you, you're doing contests, you have time at home because you don't want Bill to get burned out. So mm-hmm. how do you handle Bill when he? you can tell he's starting to get a little overwhelmed, when he, it starts to get too much, when he gets upset or bogged down? How, how do mm-hmm. you kind of handle that with him? That's like the, you know, it's funny that you say that because I sometimes say that Bill handles me more than I handle him. 
<laughs> very, <laughs> very has Phil has a very laid back attitude. Like he doesn't really get too stressed out about anything. Whereas I'm the worry ward. You know, I always worry about if we're on time with something or where we need to be or stuff like that. So he's usually always calming me down. But I do have to watch him. At the end of the year is the toughest part, I think, when we start hitting like September and October. Um, I think it's just because those are the bigger contests and plus we're traveling farther. And I sometimes can see that he gets tired. You know, he struggles. He's a little more snappier and he like struggles a little bit. So I just kind of have to just make sure that, you know, if I'll pick up extra things to do, like if he can't run out and get something for like meat or whatever, I'll try to go take care of that for him just so he doesn't, it's not as much run around for him because on top of that, like I said, he does all the driving. So it's not... You know, he's driving the 10 hours, he's driving the eight hours. So that adds to it too. So, so you say that Bill handles you more than you <laughs> handle Bill, but is there, is there a particular example? Can you tell us a story maybe of what I, I, I can see that Billy is a, a really laid back guy. You know, I've not seen him lose his shit anytime, but uh, is there a time that he has, you know, almost lost his mind or that you really had to, to help him out or there was an incident, an accident? There was, I would say there was two incidents and one was, I think when we were at the Jack and then there was another one where we were at another contest and it wasn't, um, he was doing the box for, we were at the Jack and he was doing a box for the chicken and you know, at the, at the Jack you do, you're supposed to do seven pieces. So he does, sorry. <laughs> he does. That hurt, Sean. That really <laughs> hurt. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. You knew that you knew it had to be seven pieces. So it's like, in I was kind of right. I didn't mean to rub it in, in theory. So basically the way Bill does his chicken is he does basically seven chicken wings and seven thighs all in the box. And it was 2011. And I remember him trying to put that chicken box together and it was a mess. And it was like, there was sauce everywhere and he couldn't get it in there and the box couldn't close. And he just gave up. Like he literally walked out of the trailer. And at the time it was me and Al who used to be our, is our other teammate. We kind of just looked at each other. It was like, well, how do we fix this? <laughs> so him and I just like cleaned it up or whatever. And we ended up turning it in and stuff like that. But that's about the only thing that stresses him out was that. And then we did another contest at Merrimack, which we did grilling at the time. And we did a pork chop entry and he could not get the pork chops in the box. And that was another time he just literally gave up and like walked away from the box. And we were in half the time I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, what do I do? And at the time I wasn't doing a lot of stuff. So it was like kind of throwing me for a loop because I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't do boxes. So that, that's the only stuff that ever really, he gets stressed out about. Other than that, he's a very calm person and he just, he reacts very well to like bad situations or when things go wrong. Whereas me, you know, we're at a contest and I can tell he's behind schedule or he starts playing with things in the smoker. And I'm like, why are you doing that? I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that. You're supposed to be doing this at this time, or you know, you're not putting this on it. This is what the timeline says. And he's like, you just need to calm down. He's like, you need to step away and just calm down. And I just worry about everything. Um, so that's how he handles me is that usually just how to not make me worry so much because I stress out about everything. <laughs> how did uh, he like react once you guys had fixed the box? Like, what does he do does he go like take a lap around the trailer or get a drink or go talk to somebody like like how does he uh, bounce back after the in those very few times that he does uh, walk away like you say yeah he'll usually just sit he'll go outside the trailer and just kind of take a seat down he might have a beer or a water or whatever but then he's right back at it again so it, it doesn't really throw him off too much he recoups really really quickly 
So that's a good thing. Whereas me, I'd be stressing about it all, the whole contest, all four categories. I'd be like, oh my God, that chicken pox was terrible. <laughs> and how about you? Like if, if something, so if you start to get a little too stressed, then what do you usually need to do in order to get yourself to that place where you know, okay, we have to all be coming together as a team? Mm -hmm. I like same thing is I usually just have to step away from it for a little while. You know, it's easier for me to step away because, you know, I don't necessarily have to be there. He could finish a turn in without me. So I can kind of like usually, sometimes he'll usually kick me out of the trail and just be like, go sit outside for a couple minutes or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, just stepping away from the situation at the time and just calming down, that usually kind of helps. There's been a couple of times that I've been so nervous that like I've hidden in the bathroom in the trailer just to be by myself for a little while. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> hiding is like kind of good sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we all need that little personal time out. Yeah reflect on things, come back later. Mm -hmm. Totally get it. You talked about your responsibilities at the beginning of the relationship and at the beginning of the team, how you weren't necessarily doing all that much. It was more of a social activity. Can you go us through what your responsibilities to the team are today? Yeah. And like, do you have a, do you have a weekly routine? I know that, you know, at OVS, we practically had a weekly schedule of things that had to get done at a certain time. Is that the way you guys operate? Yeah, just about. He, like you would know, like when you do so many contests week after week, it's kind of, a, a lot of it's like the trailer and the stuff in the trailer is kind of there all the time. I might have to go through it. So like we come back from a contest and usually Monday, we kind of don't really do anything. It's just kind of, I'll take stuff out of the trailer that's dirty or whatever like that. And then Tuesday, he starts to source his meat again, um, where he, you know, he'll try to go get chicken or he get pork or whatever. Um, and I try to go through the trailer and just figure out what needs to be repacked in there. So I'll take care of that most of the week. And then I'll do like, you know, laundry and I'll get the trailer repacked, get the, you know, bedding all done, all that kind of stuff. And then he usually trims meat at home. So we kind of just, he'll do that and I'll get parsley and stuff like that. And then depending on when we leave Wednesday or Thursday, it's just basically getting all the meat in there, the beer in there, all that kind of stuff. And just make sure that we're ready to go if we leave on Thursday or we leave on Friday. So that's usually what our week is like. He usually handles the part of getting the meat and trimming if he has to do that. And I usually handle, you know, getting all the rubs together and restocking and stuff like that. So what, what do you do for the team that Bill might not even realize that you do? I don't think so. I mean, it's him and I are a really good team that it's kind of, we just flow really well together. So, I mean, it's, I handle when we get to the contests, I kind of basically organize everything for him. Like he'll just get the trailer unhooked. He'll like do all the stuff that's outside while I basically get everything ready on the inside. So, I mean, he kind of knows what I go through and what I do. I think a lot of the times when he's out meeting people, like when we first get there and saying hello to everyone, there's a lot of times I'm in the trailer just getting everything organized and ready for him. I don't think he realized maybe he doesn't see how much I do on that part of it just to get him set up. But so the trailer does bit... doesn't come in and just do all of that? Oh, God, no, no. And even the cleaning of it afterward, we have this rule that he does the outside with the smokers and I'll take care of the inside. But sometimes I don't think they realize how much messiness is on the inside of it <laughs> that they make so and I do that I constantly do that as we go too you know I clean as he goes he might go sit outside like in between pork and brisket 
and I'm usually cleaning up his pork mess so that he's ready for brisket, you know, so. <laughs> How often do you have to clean the ceiling between meats? <laughs> he doesn't hit the ceiling as much as it is the back wall of the trailer and underneath the cabinets. But I don't ever really look up sometimes, but I do notice that sometimes I'll be like sitting down in the chair and I'll be like, oh, look at that. <laughs> like, but, um, yeah. <laughs> what happens when you're not there? How, how often are you not there? I'm just um, curious. I feel like I always see the two of you together, but are there times when uh, it's just Bill or just Bill and Alan? Nope. It's actually, it's only been one contest. I haven't been with to it with him. Wow. Uh, he did a contest in Canada and it was, I couldn't go because of work. I was too busy with work and I couldn't, I wasn't sure if I would get my Wi-Fi up there and everything. So I thought um, it was legal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh god no um so he actually went with chad humphrey and they did a contest together up there and i just basically did the same thing i made sure that you know everything was packed in the trailer i did have to do their boxes because there was no way they were doing their boxes but other than that that was the only contest i think he's done it twice it's become like their little boys trip they go up to montreal every year i mean they do a contest but other than that he's never done a contest on his own it's always been the both of us wow that's pretty cool that yeah. you've always been able to go so, so i feel left out <laughs> <laughs> right. You feel like you've really, you've really missed so many things that, that yeah. happened and you don't yeah. want to get out of those stories. Yeah. So you were talking about Al that a lot of times he helps out. So when, you, how is it different when you have Al in the trailer with you and how do you prepare for the three of you to all cook together and be at a competition together? We've been together for so long, you know, it, you, that's how we kind of started. Whereas Al kind of did what I did for Bill. Like when they do turn-ins, he did the boxes for them. You know, he helped him like do the meat and everything like that. And then Al kind of stepped away a little bit because his dog was sick and then he had other things going on. He was getting into catering, whatever. And then I slowly filled that role. So that's how it's, it's, I kind of came about doing more things. But when Al does come, I mean, he, he does run the boxes, you know, he great for moral support. He could, <laughs> Bill could be down in the dumper about something or like, you know, he's tired or whatever, but Al's always, you know, he's always there for like support. And he's like really great at that. I um, mean, anything you need, he'll do, you know, it's, you know, if you need to run and go buy something that you missed, or, you know, you don't have enough charcoal and you need to go find somebody who has it, he'll run around and go find it for you. He's really good at that. It, it does add a different our trailer has gotten a little smaller. So when you add another person into it, it does make it kind of tough that we're all kind of bumping around with each other, but we're slowly getting the flow of it in the new trailer that we have. So it works out well, but it, it, it does add a little, because we're so used to a flow of just two of us. When you add anybody into the mix, it kind of just makes it a little, at first, you're kind of bumping into each other and everything like that. But by the end of it, you got your flow down. So you yep. talked a little bit about how you were taking sort of the point on the Neb's grilling and stuff. Do you do you consider yourself a, a cook or a chef? I don't. You do um, not. I do not. Funny part is, is that I, if you ask, I haven't cooked a meal. I don't think in fifteen years. <laughs> 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 and if I, Bill cooks everything at home or whatever like that and I'm just fine with that I'm like whatever I, didn't, I don't think he wants me to cook because every time I cook I like screw it up he kind of I can't say I did it all by myself like I would decide what we were going to do and I came up with the recipes and like that but he kind of helps me with them because I would he probably would think I'd burn everything down <laughs> but he's Bill's kind of hard too in a sense because he kind of he's a control freak 
in a sense. So he kind of like, he'll stand behind me and be like, oh no, let me show you how to do that. And then I eventually just, you know, he just takes it over and I'm like, fine, go ahead and finish it. Yeah. I don't cook at all. (laughs) I do bake though. I do bake, but I don't really cook. I was going to say, I have seen your turn-ins for some of the most amazing desserts Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful. So talk to us about your baking. Yeah, that's like one thing I truly enjoy doing. I have a lot of fun with that because I think you have to be very, very creative when you do it. It's, you just can't turn in like a simple chocolate chip cookie anymore. It has to be kind of over the top. And I do like when you do like open containers where you can do a platter and you can come up with a drink that goes with it and all that kind of stuff. So I have a lot of fun with that. And I, you know, I enjoy taking that to the next level and stuff. I kind of got into it just because I got, Bill bought me my first smoker. It was a Humphrey smoker. It was pink and it was a little (laughs) one. It was just little. And I used to do all my baking in it. I did cupcakes in it. I did cheesecakes in it. And it was just something I had fun with because I'm not, I really don't like barbecue that much. Oh my God. We have to, we're going to have to edit this out. Lucas, this is where we're going to have to do some editing here. Just as a heads up. I, you know, I'm not like Bill who would go out every day and have barbecue if he could. I just, it, I think because I have it so much that I'm just kind of like, I just, you know, it's not something that I would go out for right away. So the baking part of it was kind of, I didn't want to cook meat in my smoker. I wanted to bake in my smoker. And that's kind of where it took off from there. You know, I would just try like so many different things. Some things I completely failed at and other things, you know, I like excelled at. So it was, I have a lot of fun with that. Well, I know you've definitely had many successes and I know you've gotten many 180 pins with all of your awesome desserts. As I say to Bill all the time that I'm the only one in this household that has two perfect perfects. (laughs) It might be dessert, but I still have them. Sometimes it's fun to be able to hold that over them. Just, you know, it helps, you know, motivate them just a little bit. Exactly. I do say to him sometimes, like, when we went to the Jack a couple times, I was the only one who got a call. And it was for my dessert or if it was for the chef's choice. And I'm always like, well, you know, if I have to carry you this year, I'll do that. No worries. Wow. (laughs) So I do like to rub it in a little bit. Well, you're talking about teams. So let's talk about, like, what is one of the biggest things a team has ever done for you? Like what's something that they've done to help you out or what's something that you've done to help another team out? There's been a lot of teams that have helped us to get to the Royal and then also to a couple of contests in Florida. A lot of those contests that are farther away, we fly into um, just because we don't have, or Bill doesn't have the vacation time to drive out there. So a lot of times we can't take our equipment. So we've had Humphrey Smokers has flown in smokers for us. Um, that they sold on site. We've had Good Smoke took a bin for us that year of all the stuff that we needed. And St. Swine has before taken a bin and equipment for us too. Um, so there's a lot of teams that have helped us get to those contests that you know we can't bring a drive to, but rather fly to and borrow equipment. Those people have helped us out a lot because we wouldn't have been able, like the year we won the Royal, we wouldn't have been able to even go if it wasn't for those teams who carried everything for us. So there's those kind of things. I think, you know, one thing for us is that I think where we help teams out is that we're kind of a very open team. Um, If you have a question or, you know, you're stuck on something or you're having trouble, we're very open. Like we're not one of those teams that sit in our trailer and don't ever come out and socialize or anything like that. 
that's one of the things I love about Bill is he'll tell you anything. If you're having trouble and you can't figure out, he won't tell you exactly what he does, but, you know, he'll come over and like, you know, talk to you and say, you know, maybe try this or try this rub or, you know, this is what I do. Or, you know, like he's had many times that someone who's bought in a new Humphrey smoker and just having problems maintaining the temperature or whatever, he'll just try to talk to them and say, okay, this is what I do. Or, you know, you could use this or stuff like that. So I think that in a sense is just being open and helping people um, is what we kind of show and do. Right. No, totally agree because Mm -hmm. teams, you know, are notoriously competitive, Mm -hmm. but they're also wonderfully cooperative. And that's, that's why many of us come back to barbecue year after Mm -hmm. years for that reason. Yep. What would you say if you had to look back at the entire time that you've been doing competition barbecue, is there a single turning point, a big, a single incident where either it let you know that you were being successful or this was the, the high point emotionally, maybe not necessarily a big contest win, but maybe another type of accomplishment. Can you, can you think back of that shining star moment for your team? I mean, I could definitely tell where it started to change for us was when um, Bill, I think it was 2010, was when Bill took a, his first class. And it might have been 2009 into 2010, I actually think, yeah. And he he kind of went in there and came back to us in back home. And like, he was kind of, he was so motivated. They ended up buying a smoker. We bought a Backwoods. Um, we actually, the class he took was IQ's class and he actually bought the Backwoods from IQ. Um, and he practiced and practiced and practiced over the winter. It was like crazy. We were eating like barbecue, like every other day. He was just so motivated and it showed that following year. We won the first three contests we did. He got GCs in the first three contests. I think that was a turning point. It was just, he was just so excited and motivated that I just think, and that was kind of like where it took off for us. We did like way more contests than we ever did before. And it was just an excitement. Like it was you know, we couldn't wait to go to the next contest and see how it turned out or what we did. So I think that was basically it. Yeah. And then, and, and so when you had that turning point, how did you realize that you were really invested in the team? How are you invested in your team? How am I invested? Yeah, in? How are you invested? <laughs> um, it's a lot of time. Like it, it's, you'd be surprised. It, it takes up a lot of time. I'm not saying, you know, the amount of money we put into it, the amount of trailers that we've had, the different smokers that we've had, it, it's, it's, it, the money part is big, but it's also the time that we put into it too. Like between the practicing, traveling, being at contest, doing 30 to 35 contests a year, it, it's a lot, it's a lot of time, you know, it takes you away from your family. There's a lot of times that my parents would be like, when are you coming home? And, you know, it's, I'm like, well, I'm not going to see you for another like three months or whatever. And then also trying to sneak it in. Like there's a lot of times we come home from a contest, we'll swing by my parents' house just to say hello. I think time is the most investment that you make in this, in this whole thing, I think for us. And you and Bill, this was like part of your courtship. I, I love that aspect of your relationship. <laughs> and we'll continue to refer to it on this podcast, but so it was part of how your relationship developed. Did you think back then that you would take it to the level of investment that you have taken it to at this point? Like, no. if you could, like if you could get in a time machine and talk to Sean from 2006, do you, do you think she would recognize you? 
No, not at all. I, I could tell you a story too about it. First of all, I don't ever like I you take me. I never went camping until that first contest that Bill took me to in Maine. I never like when I was younger, I didn't camp. I never slept outside. Nothing. In that first contest. I had to literally sleep in a tent and that was like, I was very surprised I even got through that. So <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't recognize myself at all. Like if back, you know, 10, 15 years from now or like back then, but the funniest thing that changed was that um, he, after he took the class or whatever, he wanted to buy a trailer, like an, like an RV trailer, like a toy hauler and stuff. And I was like, okay, we'll go do that or whatever. And um, so we went to like a camping show and we were going to buy something. And I was like panicked because of the money. And I was like, I can't, I can't spend this kind of money. I'm like, why don't we buy a small enclosed little trailer? And he was like, all right. Cause he was just trying to calm me down. Cause I was all panicky. I thought I was going to throw up because it was so much money. And he was <laughs> like, he's like, okay, we'll just go buy it. And I said, once you start winning, we'll think about changing to like the bigger one, but let's start small. So that was 2009. We went into the 2010 season and he won his first contest, the first contest right away at Rock City. And he turned to me and I was like, he goes, you do know I just won my first contest. And I was like, Christ, now I got to buy a freaking trailer. I'm like, we just bought this thing. <laughs> he was like, well, you said it as soon as I won my first contest, you know, we can start looking at something else. And then he won the next one. And then he won the next one. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm like, let's just get through this year. And then maybe we'll talk about getting a camper. And I was like, boy, did I step into that one? And that's how it's been ever since. Like, I just, I always try to pull him back and say, maybe when we do this, we can get this. And he's like, all right. And then the next, like a week or two later, he does it. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm so much in trouble here. It was almost like when we got, I don't know if Kim, I think you know this story about the whole at the Jack when we got married. Yes. Yes. But tell yeah. us, yeah. it's a great one. So he, um, when we were planning our wedding, it was, we had the Jack that October and it was the beginning of the winter. And I, I wanted a fall wedding. I couldn't explain to you how much I wanted a fall wedding. And I was like, I want to get married like in October. And he was like, well, what happens if we go to get into the Jack? And I'm like, we're not going to the Jack. I'm like, there's no way we're going to the Jack. But like, he wore me down and I was like, fine. I'm like, we'll get married in the spring of like 2012 or whatever. Um, and then lo and behold, we got into the Jack and then we won the Jack. So I was like, boy, was I like... <laughs> So apparently that needs to be my motivation for him to tell him no on something. And then he just goes and does it. That's leading That's... to my next question is what is the incentive program for winning? When, when he wins a category, when your team wins a GC, I know that you all have, there's something that you all do after the contest. Um, the only way Bill can get sushi is if... <laughs> He gets a GC. <laughs> oh, wow. And then sometimes I'll give it to him. He gets a first place, but he can't get sushi unless he gets a GC. And then maybe if he gets a first place in the category. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know if I could, I, I knew it was a GC, but I couldn't remember if it was a category. Yeah. Well, sometimes I'll give way and I'll say, okay, if you got a first place category and I just really want sushi, I'd be like, we can go have sushi. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, most people probably have other exciting things, but I'm like, yeah, just sushi. <laughs> no, like you got to have something that, you know, yeah. like got to dangle that carrot every now and again. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I wanted to talk about Cook's meeting 
I get, I see you at Cook's meeting, but a lot of times you see Luke at Cook's meeting more than I do because sometimes I'm not there. So what are some of your favorite things that you like to do during a Cook's meeting? Kimberly, I know where this is leading. <laughs> <laughs> your Honor, she's leading the witness. <laughs> um, so I, I sometimes, depending on who's at the Cook's meeting, I might get a little handsy. <laughs> Wow, I and need I, to start attending more cooks meetings. That's all I have to say. It's only it's only been, it's only been one person though, so don't not everyone get excited. No, I just seem to like irritate Luke a lot at cooks meetings, and it, I quite enjoy it. And he says he doesn't, but I really think he enjoys it. Yeah, I think he does. He okay. does. Do, let, do you not let him pull you? Back. He does. I know. Especially because he brings it up all the time. I'm like, oh, and then I try to threaten him too, like when we go to a cooks meeting, you know. You know, my finger likes to get a lot of work. <laughs> wow. So that happened. Come on. Yep. Well, I'm just back. I'm glad I'm back on the East Coast so I can start to uh, attend more Cook's meetings and get to know more about. So tell us more of these shenanigans. Your reputation precedes you. Um, so when we say the phrase shenanigans, what any particular stories come to mind? Any? It just I heard something of, about a, a I heard something about a, a rowing in a cardboard box that oh yes um, Lake Placid so yeah it it started that I it's usually late at night and after you've had a few drinks <laughs> that things just kind of happen you know either whether or not you're taking things from other people's sight or putting other things in people's sight or you know it's just you're getting into trouble. Um, we've gotten, tried to sneak into bouncy houses that have been closed down and got caught by the National Guard. So it's just the stuff National like that. National Guard. Yeah. Apparently we were trying to get into a, we're at Rhode Island and we were trying to get into a bouncy house in the middle of the night. And as we were like trying to climb it, the National Guard, there was, I think it was the reserves or whatever. I don't know. They came walking by and they were like, what are you doing? And we were just all kind of just standing there before we like tried to get in it. But, um, we've gotten caught many times with that. Um, but the bouncy house seems to be our favorite thing of trying to get into. And then Lake Placid, I have this tradition of, not if everybody knows, but Lake Placid, they do inside the Olympic ice skating, outdoor ice skating oval. And mm -hmm. when it does rain there, it floods. So there's almost like a ton, like there's a layer of water that runs across it. So I have a tradition of trying to find something to look like I'm trying to row across it to go see my friends. So I'll try to get into a cardboard box or I'll try to get into a bucket and someone always gives me a paddle and yeah, so it's a tradition, but so I'm kind of upset when it doesn't rain sometimes. I was going to say every other year, wow. usually yeah. so you have nothing to worry about, you just have to yeah. wait for the next year to come around. So speaking of traditions, like, do you guys have any superstitions, traditions, things that you have to do at every comp, at certain comps, like? You know, you always have to do this one particular, you, you talked about it like Placid when it rains, you always like to do that. But like from, from the cook perspective or from the competition perspective, do you have any of those type of superstitions or traditions? Um, we have a couple like little um, figurines. We have a gnome figurine that we have to rub its little head before at every contest before we have, a, like when we first get there. Um, for, Bill has a story about, a, we have a little, figurine ladybug too is our other lucky thing um and that just happened recently because we seen our last gc we won there was ladybugs all over the window 
So I kind of mm-hmm. figured that was our lucky thing. So I have a little ladybug. So we have a couple figurines that we rub and stuff like that. Um, we always have to listen to um, Hair Nation on Cook Day. So that's any gotcha. hair man, hair, was it hair band metal for Bill? He really yeah. likes that. And then we kind of flip between like 80s on Saturdays or Fridays and stuff like that. But during the competition, we do Hair Nation. So um, other than that, that's about it. Bill wears lucky underwear. You know, I don't have any lucky stuff I wear. That but, Mondays, yes. Yeah. I did have a lucky bra at one time that I used to always wear. It was leopard skin, Ooh, but nice. I don't wear that anymore. Not that everybody knows I have a leopard skin bra, but that was a lucky thing I always wear, but I don't wear it anymore. So. <laughs> Is it unlucky now? Um, I don't know. I just, I don't have it anymore. I don't know. I don't, I think I just, I don't know. It probably hasn't won in a while. So that's why I changed it. So Mm, I know what to get you for your birthday. Yeah. Yeah, I know we're kind of ending the getting near the end here. So what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about you when you're on the, you know, you personally or you on the barbecue trail? I think one of the biggest is probably that people might find me not always as friendly as I am. I sometimes might come across as, you know, not wanting to talk to you or anything like that. I'm a very shy person at first. A lot of people don't believe that. But if you put me into a group of people I don't know, I won't say anything for a little while. I'll just kind of sit there and just listen to everybody else. And I think sometimes that comes across as being unsocial, but it's just me being shy. And then there's sometimes that people have catched me at a bad time. Like, you know, I'm trying to keep Bill in line and on schedule to what he's doing. And there could be like 15 people in our site. So I'll kind of like shoo everybody out. So I come across kind of, you know, not as friendly, but it's not that I'm not friendly. It's just that I'm trying to keep him in line and what he has to do for turn in. So I think that's like the biggest misconception, but I think once people get to know me, they realize that I'm not like that, but it's just, I want people to know it's my shyness. It's not that, you know, I come across mean or I am mean or unfriendly, but it's just me being quiet until I get to know you. Being a teammate, you know, having to have that relationship of knowing when they need to focus and knowing what our role is and what we need to do and what, what is Mm -hmm. needs to happen when you're hitting those turn-in times. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from there. And I have a funny story, but just because she likes to bring it up all the time, but um, there's this one team fire down below <laughs> and Jenny, yep. she was, when they were first starting to get into barbecue, they would came to Merrimack, New Hampshire, just to kind of walk around and see what it was all about. And I think she says it, I think I remember the time, but I think I have, was having like a meltdown because there had to be like nine people in our site, like almost at turn in time and Bill, like he'll talk to you or whatever like that, but he keeps going, but I feel like he's going to lose his concentration on what he has to do. So I whipped open the door and I was like, everybody needs to get out of here. Bill, get inside. (laughs) And she caught me at that time until this day. She was like, she's like, when I first met you, you were so mean. She's like, you whipped open the door and screamed to everybody. I wasn't going to barbecue it. Now she's like one of my closest friends. So, you know, in that sense, and it's, people just catch you at the wrong time, you know, so it's just, and I'm not like that. So I just want people to know that. <laughs> when you talk about getting caught at those moments and it's, I, I don't think until you really do it, you don't understand the amount of stress. And when you talk about mm-hmm. the investment that you make in the time, yeah. you don't understand how stressful it is unless you're really a competitor or, or, or doing that. How do you reach charge how do you recharge between meets how do you recharge 
when you're working a double um, and you've done one competition and then you got to jump right back into it? Are there things that you do, anything in particular to, to help you maintain your positive energy? You know, the one thing that I try to do is at contests is, is if I can get away from this, the competition. So there's a lot of times that we might, you know, do all our prep and everything and we finish our prep and him and I will just be like, let's just go out and get lunch somewhere. Like just leaving the site and getting away from everybody and everything and people asking questions and everything that's got to get done, just maybe for an hour or two really helps me. But I also find it too, that it's great because you're traveling all over the country. And a lot of the times people go do that and they never see the sites or go anywhere. They just sit in their you know, their site or whatever at the competition and never leave. And it took me a long time to figure that out, that getting out and going, seeing things is like a benefit. It relaxes you. It gets you away. It calms you down. And I I enjoy that. You know, I enjoy when we get there on Friday nights, you know, with Kim and Luke, when we just sit around and, you know, campfire and we don't do anything with competition. We just drink and hang out or we go out to dinner or stuff like that. It's not talking about competition. And I think that's kind of like what relaxes me and, and, you know, calms me down because you just can't, you talk about it so much during the week and you're doing so much. And even at the competition, you just sometimes have to do something else just to get away from it. And it's like you said, part of the fun of going and doing these competitions is traveling and being Mm -hmm. able to see, you know, you're going to this small little town, but you know, there's some great treasures in that small town. You don't take the time to open your eyes and look around. You're really going to miss it. And those are some of your best memories that you Mm -hmm. have. So speaking of being able to go out and get out and look and travel at things, do you have contests that are your favorite that you look forward to every year when you and Bill get to go out? Lake Placid, like you know, is always our favorite. And that's just because it's, I mean, him and I, we spend like hardly any time at our site on that one. We spend it more in time going like in town, going out to lunch or whatever, going swimming in the lake that's over there. It's just, it doesn't, it's almost like the contest is a second to your little mini vacation. That's how I look at it. And I like so enjoy that. And I don't mind it. Like a lot of times I go to contests and that's all I want to think about. And that's because that's why I'm there. But that contest is second. The contest part is second to like just going there and having fun. Mm -hmm. I, him and I, I love Lakeland, Florida. That's always been one that we enjoy going to. And I think it's just because we don't ever get down to Florida. So we get to see those people down there that we hardly ever see. And there's just so much going on. Like they have a huge like party and like the um, festival that goes along with it. There's so much to see and stuff like that. So I enjoy that too. So want to talk trash on any uh, competitions, anything that you particularly like won't go back to. This is your um, opportunity to burn a bridge. No, I don't want to burn a bridge. But there are contests. Like we were last year, we were supposed to cut back a little bit. And I wanted to cut back on contests that, you know, just weren't, we weren't having fun at. Like I just, we needed like, and that's another thing to regroup on is that like, it's when you need to, you've competed so much and you do like 30 contests a year. And the next year you're like, I need to go and have fun. Like I, I need it to be fun. And you need to take away some of those contests that you just, that are a struggle to be at. Like there's a couple around here that, you know, I have to bring the little trailer in. There's might not be any electricity. I have to bring a generator, you know, the bathrooms are terrible and it's just, I, it's just not worth it to me anymore. So, you know, I'd like to cut them out. The problem is New England, there's not a lot of contests. So I have to do them unless I drive 10 hours away. 
So it, it's a struggle there. It's kind of like, you know, do I go and be miserable or do I go so I can get the points that I need to compete and stuff like that? So it's kind of hard. So we kind of keep doing them, but, you know, so we're slowly moving away to ones that, you know, are not as fun. <laughs> right. Right. You, you guys have been doing it so long and you've been able to look back at when you first started doing it to now. And of course, the COVID era is a totally different animal. So try not to think about that. But when you think about the last year of real good competition barbecue, uh, what's missing from it that was there maybe 10 years ago when you first started doing it? Is there anything drastic that has changed from your perspective? I think for me, because when we came into this, it was, um, it, you didn't have all the trailers and, you know, all the the different kind of smokers and stuff. Like when I first started, it was a pop-up tent. Everybody had a pop-up tent. And the people who had a trailer were like, ooh, that person's got a trailer. But you had a pop-up tent. People were work, did it on like old, like they had like homemade grills and smokers and stuff like that. Now it's just you know, the, the size of the trailers and like what rolls in, it's, it's like crazy. You're looking at like 40 feet, 40 foot sites just to get in there. That, that's the only difference I really see is because it was so different in that aspect when we first started till now. Um, now you don't see anybody without a trailer. I mean, if you do see someone with just an easy up, it's kind of, you know, probably their first contest or a backyard person. You don't typically see that anymore. And you can definitely see the difference in money now. Like, I don't think anybody mm. cooked Wagyu brisket back then. It was, you know, simple brisket or whatever like that. So the money has like, to, the money to do a contest is much more now than it was back then. Mm -hmm. And also I think people taking classes, if I had to say, <laughs> yep. it's, you definitely, I know when we first got started, you didn't have too many people taking classes. Mm -hmm. And now you, you talk to people and it's multiple classes that everyone has been taking. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I know we're probably, I could talk to you forever. I love talking to you, Sean. We love, we, we love you. We love smoking hogs so much. So there's one last question that I just kind of wanted to ask, and it's, it's a good kind of ending question. So if you had, and it could crash and burn when we talk about this, because it's a tough question, but if you had a big billboard anywhere with anything on it, uh -huh. it metaphorically speaking, you wanted to get a message out to millions or billions of people, what would it say and why? I don't know if I can answer that. That's like a thought-like provoking question. Uh-huh. It, it could be something personal to you. It could be about your barbecue team. You know, it could be about Bill. It could be about, you know, barbecue in general. You know, it could be a few words. It could be a paragraph. It could be an emoji. Quote. I don't know. I still, I, can I get back to you? I'll text it to you. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, sometimes, you know, like I said, sometimes this question, you know, it, it, it's, it's thought provoking and sometimes it's really difficult to answer. And I think if somebody threw that question at me, I don't know how I would answer too, but I just yeah. thought I'd throw it out there and, and see. So no, you can always get back. That's fine. No worries. <laughs> no worries. What are you looking forward to most with this upcoming season? You guys have done so much. What are your goals this year as you approach competition barbecue for 2021? Um, hopefully that there's a contest I can go to. <laughs> well, there is that. 
for me, it's hopefully there's a contest I can go to and there's enough teams to compete in it. That is our struggle up here. I I can probably guess New England will not have a contest this year. That that is my guess. Wow. I could totally be wrong. Maybe my by the end of you know fall or whatever we might, but so we're gonna have to do a lot of traveling this year. So for us, it's just 2021 is just hoping we can find the contest enough that we could compete. You know, last year, Bill was able, you know, we couldn't compete team of the year or anything like that. We did in ribs, but it was a struggle. Like him and I, you know, we had to do, we had to drive down at the end of like in Virginia in like October, just to get the last two contests in for him to like even have enough contests to compete. So it's a struggle. So I'm hoping, you know, we can get enough in that we can get out there and actually compete and stuff like that. But it's, it's. That's what my goal is for 2021. I don't have a lot, you know, maybe win a few contests. That would be great. <laughs> right. But I'm not, I don't have a lot to, and until it's a full year where, you know, I'm able to compete and there's enough contests and everything like that. There's right now, it's just hoping to get through the year. So my goal is to sit next to you at a cook's meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're going to like where I put my finger though. <laughs> Really, only one way to find out, Sean. I was going to say, do you know the answer? <laughs> but you're welcome to sit next to me anytime, Leanne. Excellent. The only request I have is that I go before Luke, if that's okay. I, I don't, I don't want to be wearing that, you know, that silver medal when it comes to finger exploration. I'm sure he'll be fine with that because he runs away all the time. <laughs> that big that one, yeah, that's funny that's true they'll get really red and embarrassed yes oh gosh well sean we cannot thank you enough for coming on the podcast being the first one for our teammate one you know we we appreciate it we love you so much so before we go do you have any last words are there are there sponsors that you want to thank you know any last parting words Sure. Well, there's always our sponsors. So there's, I'm probably going to miss, see, I should have wrote them all down, but you know, there's Humphrey Smokers, there's um, Hammerstall, there's, um, see, see, I need to have Bill by the door. There's um, <laughs> Barbecue Guru, there's Royal Oak, there's Butchers, you know, and then, you know, get out there and buy our sauces and rubs. Um, you can get them online from us, you can buy them from Old World Spice your local store. So he's looking at me in the thing, making sure I got them all in. And then Bill's book comes out on May 4th. So don't for forget me. to get the book. So I'm quite excited about it. At first I wasn't kind of like, Oh, hot and fast, but after seeing everything that he did and after the photo shoot, I'm kind of really excited about it. So it'll be good. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sean. We really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us today. Thank you for having me. Hopefully Everyone finds it enjoyable. It's my first one, so. Oh, Excellent. well, the cherry's been popped for all yep. three of us. Finally, exactly. yep, it's wide open right now. No longer a podcast virgin. Nope, nope, nope. Well, again, thank you so much, and excited we get to uh, we get to see you in Raleigh real yes, soon. I can't wait. I can't our wait. In Raleigh. Let's hope for no snow. Yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed for that one. Yes. Yep. Yep. Right. Thanks, well, thank Sean. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, bye. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. 
Next week, we have Tim Shear with Shake and Bake Barbecue, Blues Hog, and Gateway Drums. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke Podcast is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke Podcast is property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021. Old Virginia-